Hey, everybody. Welcome to Artifice Episode 16, my interview with Brandon Ray Olive. Brandon is a prolific TV and film actor with recent appearances in Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky, HBO's Mosaic, and a slate of upcoming projects releasing in 2019-2020. In addition to acting, Brandon has directed and produced projects for Comedy Central and Warner Brothers and is deeply involved in the nurturing and mentoring of other creatives, storytellers, and actors. All right, here it comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections. But we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Blue Chic. Blue Chic creates WordPress website themes and design templates that have helped tens of thousands of entrepreneurs build a beautiful online presence. For those of us who are professional creatives, it's so important to have a website that looks and feels as artful as the art you make but we all know it's easier said than done. When I found Blue Chic a few years ago, I was blown away by their gorgeous themes and purchased mine without hesitation. I had absolutely no web design experience or skills, but Blue Chic's amazing documentation empowered me to build a site I can really be proud of. Head to www.bluchic.com to see which theme works best for you and use promo code BCARTIFICE for 10% off your purchase today to kind of go in three parts um first kind of talk about like when you were a child like what was creativity like for you how did you get into like you know performing or doing other creative stuff um then kind of once we get into like how did you decide to become a professional artist kind of talking about what that looks like what's tricky about it what's your hustle like and then last we can talk about kind of just like you know some of that really ambiguous art stuff the imposter syndrome the instability, you know, all that kind of really great. Let's weird do stuff. it. Let's get into it. Cool. I love this. Great. Awesome. So when you were a little kid, what, what was like kind of the first creative stuff that you started doing or like how old were you or how did you get into stuff? I couldn't tell you how old I was, but I think the first, um, creative experiences I had were just kind of, uh, innate childhood, imaginative play yeah um army soldiers cool uh imaginary people in the backyard same dude yeah cowboys <laughs> and indians yeah. barbies whatever you want to do i was doing a lot of like we're horses yeah yeah yeah. stuff like that you know <laughs> something that i'm getting to do all over again with kids which is like a whole other that's great real experience yeah um were you did you have like siblings I have a younger brother, five years. Cool. Yeah. So did you, so did you feel like you were more imaginative than like other kids you were playing with or just kind of like normal kid exploration? Yeah. I think at the time when I was a kid, I wasn't aware Yeah. Um, that I was, I, I wouldn't uh, have singled myself out then as being more imaginative than anyone yeah. else. Um, I think, you know, I think imaginative play like childlike play spirit we talk about um everyone's born with everyone has it and i think you 
start experimenting and playing with yourself, um, with, you know, within your own imagination, within yeah. your, your world, if you will. And then, um, and then as you get older and you start having play dates and friends and you start learning, you know, the compromise of their imagination, your imagination yeah. rules and, mm, you know, and I get to see important. it with my kids. Yeah. Like if uh, my son knocks, if he wants to play some monster zombie game, you know, and yeah. it, it's his rules. How it's his imagination. He? He's five. Five. Yeah. Great. I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-week-old. A brand new little baby. A brand new little baby. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think all kids are kind of like more or less equally creative mm -hmm. and imaginative. Um, and the difference is like just what happens in their environment, what opportunities do they get, what kind of support do they get. Or I think even sometimes like a lack of support. I think sometimes when kids are kind of like alone or like they feel misunderstood, they kind of like go into like and, a, and a creative themselves. exploration. Yeah. 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 I think, and what you're touching on is, is nature and nurture. Like I think by nature we're born with it. And then when nurture um, starts to enter, um, we are, you know, more or less conditioned uh, and that environment kind of shapes us for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get kind of, were you doing like acting and plays as a kid? Were you taking music lessons? Like what happened as you're kind of building your creative skill set? No, I, see, I grew up in Louisiana. Cool. And um, I was outside all the time. I uh, played a lot of sports, uh, friends, yeah, pretty normal, normal boy, um, normal Southern boy, fishing and Sports, lots of football, lots of baseball, awesome. soccer, basketball, things like that. Um, I, in hindsight, I think I was always searching for something yeah. and, and, you know, didn't realize what that was until I was much older. Um, but, uh, you know, everything that I, that I did, I, I, th I think as I look back, I, I recognize that I did pretty, um, immersively yeah. You know? yeah yeah you kind of committed yeah. to everything yeah, yeah, yeah. so how and when did you start getting into acting so you know it's it's that's kind of a two-part answer let's have them both so i didn't really get into acting until i was in i dabbled in a little bit in high school okay um like in like musicals or straight plays no it was more like uh skits and in, in like emceeing like oh, cool. events and yeah. uh yeah i mean it would be like musical type you know like a student council type skits that you put on for the school okay. and things like that cool. and um and so but like affiliated with the high school yeah it wasn't through the drama class okay um that was something at the time i was incredibly curious about and interested yeah. in um but was very aware of perception yeah and uh judgment yeah. if you will and uh, yeah so I didn't I didn't grow into that and step into that until much later but in hindsight looking back you know I think I've been acting my whole life like yeah. it, whatever I was doing I was pretending that that was what what and who I was yeah you know let's talk more about that because you know ultimately like this is the conversation I want to have the podcast is called artifice I believe that like you know, all people, but maybe artists to like a kind of particular extent, 
you know, stretch ourselves. We're kind of like masking and sometimes that's hiding from something. Sometimes it's like showing something that we can't like otherwise communicate to people. Sometimes it's just like, you know, we're pretending that something's like, you know, in our comfort zone that's not. So how, what was going on with you that like kind of. Yeah. Every, everything was very immersive and short term. You know, if you think about it, like in childhood, um, it's seasonal, like you play football and Mm. that's like the season of football. That's what you do. And then you shift into something else and that's the season of basketball. So you were like trying on different Brandons. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in hindsight. Um, but at the time when I was doing it, it was, you know, that was my world. That was everything. You mean each thing, each thing, each individual thing. Yeah. And, um, and I think what I was doing was experimenting experientially yeah. with, um, like when I played football, uh, I wanted to be a professional football player. When I played yeah. baseball, I to be, you know, and, yeah. uh, and not really weighing rational versus irrational, mm-hmm. logical, you know, yeah. it was just, this is what it is right now. Um, let's commit yeah, and let's be the best we can be. And then, and then move on to. And yeah. respond to whatever else. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, absolutely. Did, did you feel like, this is maybe a bit of a leading question, but did you feel like there was common threads of like your personality that were in each thing? Or did you feel like you were like trying to figure out who you were? Or like, was yeah, there a motivation at all? Or was it, it just kind of your reaction? Yeah, I think it, it it's just my human experience. Yeah. Like it's the human condition um, that gets conditioned upon us at a very early age when people start asking us way and well before we should be asked mm-hmm. the question, mm-hmm. what are you going to do when you grow up? Yeah. What are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow so up? So it was mostly like career focused for you and less maybe like, you know, identity or what do you think? Well, I, I think early on, I think it's, I think everyone associates, um, identity with career and career with identity. Mm. I mean, think about what's the most common I mean, question. Hi, what's your name? What do you do? Yeah. I think that sometimes is a male experience. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. Cause I mean, I didn't, I certainly had a different experience as a child. Cause you know, and this is maybe it's cultural and it's familial, but for me, like it was always kind of like, there's no question of what you're going to do. Cause it's like, you're going to be a stay at home mom. Exactly. And see, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, and, and so it, it goes hand in hand. There's two different experiences, but they're symbiotic because, Mm -hmm. and we had that in the South. I mean, big time. You're going to be a stay at home mom. And then the guy has to figure out what he's going to do. What's your career? And, and I remember being really young and having a lot of anxiety around making that decision. Interesting. And I, I couldn't, I just was so envious yeah. and so jealous of the kids that could say, I want to be an astronaut or I yeah. want to be a police officer. I want and I remember being really young, like yeah. really young and in class and being scared to answer that mm-hmm. question. And they, they asked me the question a few times and I just said the same thing that someone else said Yeah, because I couldn't. Yeah. And that stuck with me a really, like that stuck with me all the way through college. Yeah. Interesting. And it, I think that's kind of rare. Out. Do you think that's, I mean, I think a lot of kids aren't really thinking about it. So do you feel like, do you have any kind of like 
retrospective insight into like, you know, where that kind of anxiety was coming from or, or I guess what I'm really wondering is if you think that thing, uh, that kind of like worry, um, was contributed to like kind of how you got to what you're doing now. Yeah. I think, I think if I, you know, we're, we're all very similar, but authentic at the same time and unique. Yeah. And I think, uh, maybe a little bit of my authenticity was, just being curious, I kind of yeah. wanted to know what it would be like to do a yeah. multitude of things. Um, I did. I wanted to know what it would be like to be an astronaut, to be a cop, to be mm-hmm. a firefighter, mm-hmm. to be yeah. a politician. To I be... can relate to that. And that played itself out over the course of my life and through college. I mean, I changed majors so many times yeah. and um, until I finally said, wait, there's this one thing I can do that allows me. lets you tap into all those things. Seasonally. Interesting. That's great. Yeah. This has been like such a recurring theme in the conversations I've been having in this room. So many people, you know, when I ask them about like the origins of creativity or like, is there something that's maybe unique about the people who kind of continue having creativity be a big part of their life into their adulthood? And so many people say like curiosity. It's just like, there's something about that kind of insatiable need to like discover and and to uh, ask the questions yeah that kind yeah. of like lands in the arts somehow I mean I think it also probably lands in engineering and science so many correlations yeah and that's the thing it, it it's not more special to be an artist yeah I agree with you it is as special it's a choice it's as special but it's not more special yeah um and what everyone else chooses to do is equally as special, but there's a lot of correlations. And the one thing that I have found, um, a big part of my purpose and my why in my life now, and something that I've built my life in accordance with is borrowing Mm. and learning from all fields and all areas, Mm. all mediums. Yeah. Um, and pulling the infrastructure and uh, the arrangement of discipline yeah. um, that we lack in the arts. Um, yeah. And when I say we lack, what I mean is there is a certain amount of self-efficacy that must be involved in being an artist yeah. and discipline. Yeah. And then that's another thing that I think yeah. we should talk about too. Art. Like... Like what's your definition of art? Yeah, this is, it's on my sheet. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like what, like I'm curious, like what's your definition of art? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I, I feel like I don't have like a clear answer. I think that probably it's ultimately it's like about the intention more than anything else. Um, I agree with you. And that is key because a lot of times we'll be talking with people and this, you know, this happens whether you're talking with an artist or it's two engineers talking, right? And everyone has this kind of nonverbal agreement that we're talking about the same thing, but we have different ideals and different things in our heads that, right? Yeah. Art by definition is skill, Mm -hmm. technique, Mm, craft. It's not a product. It's not a finished thing. It is a discipline. It's a technique, a skill, a craft. Yeah. Uh, And being creative um, or creativity by definition, is the expression of that. It's process. Yeah, it's all about the process. I agree. I totally agree. Um, Okay, yeah, I love that. So um, 
is there anything else you want to say about like that um, discomfort that you felt about like judgment about the arts when you were like a teenager or, or advice or like, you know, is there anything else that any other kind of like what I wish I would have known? How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> we have as much time as you want. The conversation I mean, is, yeah, is like, what it is. I, it's funny because I have a feeling that every single one of these questions could be an entire podcast. In Absolutely. And of That's why it's like we just start and just, we just flow. see where it goes, man. It's the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think by nature we're all born. Um, I'm not going to say we're born creative or artistic, but we're born with the desire. Mm. to be artistic, to be a, to be creative. Now we were all born with imagination yeah. and we were all it's born essentially human with the, um, imaginative ability to be innovative and to be authentic. Um, and I think it has to do a lot with human potential, you know, mm. like as a kid, you don't know these things, Yeah, but you start to really kind of awaken to it as you dig in, as you really dig in yeah. and you get committed to this. And it has a lot, I mean, the, we can talk about this, like it's separate than everything else, but it really, the work works on you, mm. the art itself, the process of it, um, it mirrors to me, at least it mirrors life. Like, yeah. And, um, and it's essential. And I don't believe that people give themselves enough credit and not artists. All people don't give themselves enough credit um, that they're artistic, that they're creative yeah. and that they're imaginative. I think even some artists don't, you know, I, Absolutely. are you familiar with like Carol Dweck's work, like the mindset stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I, for probably a million reasons, had a growth mindset as like a little kid. I was like a very fix it kind of a child, little problem solver. And I teach a lot. And as a teacher, um, I started having students that I, you know, I later feel like there's this term of a fixed mindset, but I would be so confused. Like, you know, they would say like, I'm bad at this. And I would be like, you literally just tried it for the first time. In fact, you didn't even really try it. You're saying you're bad at it. And I would get so confused, you know, cause right. that just, that my brain just like doesn't work that way. Um, but I think yes, all humans and many artists, um, do not give themselves credit that they can learn and they can change and they can create. And to, and to me, uh, you know, easier said than done, but I believe it's an easy fix because what we're talking about is mentality. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's because we're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on the end result and, and the, the product, product and not the process. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And like you said, easier said than done. I mean, sure. if you're an, if you're a 10 year old and you've got your teacher that you see once a week saying like you can do it, but then at home your parents are saying you can't do it or vice versa. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's something. And that's again, why like these are conversations that we like must be having, Right. I mean, yeah. I think there are a lot of adults who haven't started this process. Um, I think a lot of us need like this kind of constant reminder to be like, where can I go? Where else can I create? And I think I, I'm not sure if you were saying this, but when you were saying like, you know, it, it mirrors life. It's, you know, there's creativity that's in like the process of making a product. And there's also creativity that's just the process of like living your life. Absolutely. I mean, you have to be creative to figure yeah. out how to make it in this world. You have to be creative to figure out 
how to raise kids. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many books are written and how many people tell you how they did it. Yeah. You have to figure it out yourselves. And to me being... Or you can get very small. You know, your life can get very small. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it, it just comes down to, you know, there's this kind of mentality around originality, being mm-hmm. original and mm-hmm. being truly inventive and innovative. And really all that is, is taking things that are seemingly far apart and correlating them and bringing them together. Mm-hmm. And then you get innovation. Like it's, yeah. it's not like you're creating you're something not, out of thin air. Yeah. You're just putting existing things together in kind of a new way. You're doing what you're already doing in your mind, in your life anyway. Yeah. Um, it can be used to expand who you are so that it becomes expansive or it can be used to um, create more cognitive dissonance and cognitive mm. bias and, yeah. and just narrow mindedness. Narrow your world. Yes. Yeah. Perspe- it's, it, it really ultimately boils down for me a narrow minded perspective and worldview versus uh, an expansive yeah. perspective and worldview. I agree. Like so hard. So, okay. So, you so were, hard. Yeah. Yes. So hard. So you were like, you were dabbling in some sort of like entertainment in high school and then, and then you went to college, but not for art. Right. I went for business originally. Okay. Or, or excuse me. I went in for political science. Okay. Let me just, yeah, back up. storytelling. So, um, let's have it. I believe what was going on with me was somehow I found in my upbringing and my experiences that I was more calm under what more what people what a lot of people might perceive as more pressurable situations. Okay. So, like game night, you know, mm. I, I I'm kind of fight or flight. Um, and I respond well in situations like that. And it's the normal, the kind of the normal day-to-day things in life that would throw me. Mm-hmm. Like I have this kind of, this thing that I say, um, that like if a car flips over, like I know what to do. It's not that I know what to do, but you know, how I'm to just comfortable act. responding. Yeah. yeah. I know how to respond. But if you tell me to go pick up my laundry and go get groceries, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and I think there's a lot of people. I think that's really common for creative people. And I think there's a lot of people in this world like that and that's yeah. okay. And yeah. for so long I thought it was something about me that was broken mm. and that needed to be fixed. And um and part of my journey has been understanding it to the point that not only did I eventually accept it, but I learned to love it and see it as, as a, a major strength. strength. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that really liberated me to, um, to become a professional and to really, cool to really go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So just like, can you give me some bullet points of like, how did it happen that you, did you, you eventually changed your major? So yeah. So I I came into college, TCU in Texas. I grew up in Louisiana, went to Texas, TCU. Um, I believe my first major was political science and that, that decision in and of itself was based on, I didn't have a problem getting in front of a lot of people yeah, in, totally. de- in debating or speaking. Yeah. And, um, well, and politics is very, is very acting, it's, right? I mean, it's <laughs> the Hollywood of, right? Like they, yeah. they say like DC is, mm-hmm. you know, the other Hollywood yeah. or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's very, I mean, there's so many correlations there. I, I thought about going to law school for, I think like a similar reason. So did like I. Public speaking is like, it's so easy. I never, never felt weird about public speaking. Yeah. Like putting me in front of a, a, a massive 
room, like put me in front of a few people, a little more nervous than yeah. a lot of people. Right. Totally. And I was like, man, that's so messed up. Like what is going on? <laughs> and so, um, it's probably that thing that fight, like you just, you focus when there's pressure. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so I came in as political science major, but you know, you know how it said earlier, short term seasonal shifting, yeah. mm-hmm. everything would eventually not, it wasn't that I lost interest. Yeah. I lost passion around the interest. Yeah. Like I just was like, no, like yeah. this is cool and I could go further, but I don't know if this is what I want my identity to be. Yeah. I don't know if politics is what. Sure. I see from or feel yeah. feel I should say feel for myself. So then I shift. Uh, I believe I went into uh, yeah finance, and that lasted all of a semester. <laughs> Whew. Um, I went way left brain on that one. Yeah, and said nope, this isn't for me. And that was really out of to be honest with you, peer pressure. A yeah. lot of my friends and fraternity brothers, and uh, you know TCU has a great business school and mm. finance school. Mm-hmm. They were all fine. You know, they all, that was the thing. I was yeah. like, how did they figure out that they wanted to be money managers? And, they and, and you know, they didn't figure that out. Don't you think? I, well, they didn't, yeah. but they're still doing it <laughs> yeah. and they stuck to it. Sure. Right. And I was like, what's my thing going to be? So I was like, okay, yeah. so now it's not going to be finance. What's it going to be? And then I went into psychology, Okay. which has, that has stuck with me and I loved it. And I was so stimulated by it. But it scared me mm. because I was like, I don't, I, I know I don't want to be a psychologist. Yeah. You know? Um, but you were interested in people. The human condition. Yeah. People understanding, right? And in hindsight, that was like a, a sign or, yeah. you know, a, a moment in my life that, uh, that needed to happen. From there, I went into marketing. And I really, th- I really thrived in marketing. Yeah. Because um, there, it's really creative. Yeah. And there's public speaking. Yeah. And um, you're pitching and you're selling and you're, I mean, really what you're doing is you're trying, you, you convince yourself and believe in something so much and you're, that passion behind it is yeah. what other people buy into. Yeah. And so that. Um, I watch Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. So does my wife. It's, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I still love it. I yeah. still, I still love. Well, uh, you matter probably f- still do a lot of that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like it's you're pitching ideas still. Yeah, yeah, it's um I mean now it's funny when I when I graduated before um I really kind of fell into the philosophy I'm in now, you know, I told my mom and dad I said, uh, you know, I have a marketing degree, it's in my back pocket, but don't worry, I'm marketing myself. You know, it's like yeah. a joke. Um but I think now I'm just marketing um being creative and so- Sorry, did you stay in marketing then? Yeah, so I, I ended up graduating with uh, a BBA in business marketing and a minor in entrepreneurial management and radio, television, film. Cool. Because my last few semesters, I, I really started to say, wait. Yeah. There's something more, and I think I'm getting closer to it. Yeah. And uh, my heart would speed up, but I wouldn't get anxiety. I would get yeah. calm. Like ex- ex- yeah. 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 Like, a, like a stimulation, excitement around yeah. it. And... um. Excited. Excited. Yeah. So, uh, and so, and this is, this is a true story. I was, I had a, a job. I was working at a real estate company. I'd been there for a while and they had offered me a job upon graduation and uh, it was largest commercial real estate firm in Dallas, Fort Worth. I was, I was set up, you yeah. know, I was, I had a career path. Yeah. 
And um, one day I was driving to work and it just came to me. And I just said, I think I want to be an actor. No, I know I want to be an actor, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like talking to myself. And I made the decision on the drive to work and I walked in and I told my boss, who I'd been with for a few years, um, that I am going to quit. Wow. And he was like, what are you doing? You know, That's the one where people are like, are you insane? It's exactly what he said. Yeah. Uh, but after he, only after he asked me why and what am I going to do? Yeah. And I said, I'm going to be an actor. And his first response was, are you insane? Yeah. And, um, he said, so are you giving me 30 days, two weeks? Like, what do you, and I said, I think it's right now today. Wow. And he was like, okay. And I actually set him up with a guy who took over my job, became a partner at the firm and he's done really well for himself and it all worked out. Um, had you done any like acting in terms of like like real acting part yeah uh so here's what here's what i had done i had made the decision uh, which was step number one yeah right and step number two you know i still have to finish school um but what's this radio television film department about Mm -hmm. this because because it wasn't a few more classes in there is that what you're saying yeah i minored in it so I, i made the decision to reach out uh to the administration and I went to the website. I didn't know anyone. Uh, I had friends that were in the theater department, but I didn't want to go into theater for some reason. I was really drawn. I've always been really drawn to film. And acting for the frame was something that, um, I, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to really act or direct or just study it. I, I just was drawn to yeah. it. And I said, I want, to, I want to give this a try. So I emailed the very first name that popped up. His last name was Alan. So he was the first one. Okay. And I emailed him and I just told him my story. Here's who I am. Here's where I'm from. Here's what's going on. I just quit my job. I feel like I'm crazy because everyone's telling me I'm crazy, but I just, I'm just reaching out to you. And he immediately responded to come in and meet me. I went in and met him. Uh, His name is Richard Allen. And he just by chance was an Emmy award winning writer. He, he worked on the show friends and he, you know, some uh, soap operas and stuff. And it just was timing, uh, yeah. kind of serendipitous timing. He Lauren happened Mike, to be someone that was supportive. He was. And then at the time, TCU had worked a deal out with Lauren Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live. I know who he is. And he there was a he had a network that was running for a while. It was called the Burley Bear Network. Cool. And it was kind of an, a, a college inter-network, right? It okay. like only aired at colleges across the nation. Cool. And he had this idea that he wanted to create a soap opera, but have one college run the whole thing, okay. like have their actual department do okay. everything. And he would yeah, fund it. Yeah. And TCU was chosen. So it just so happened that when I reached out and made that decision, they were about to start casting. Cool. So Richard, uh, Professor Allen said, hey, why don't you audition for one of the small parts? And I did audition for a small part. And then I said, hey, why don't you audition for one of the supporting parts? And Hey, why don't you audition for the lead part? And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. And I ended up booking it. Cool. And so my right on the hills of my decision, I went right into 13 episodes of a soap opera Wow! that was run and facilitated by people who knew what they were doing yeah. and teaching the kids to wow. do it. So we yeah. were, it was, I mean, it was, it was intense. I mean, that, that yeah. I pretty much fulfilled all everything that I needed to do for my marketing. So I was basically immersed now. That's great. You can kind of focus. Yeah. I want to just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just like making mental notes as you're talking and I'm like thinking about a couple of things. Um, 
one is, you know, I think that is like out of context, such a shocking thing to like one day be like, I'm an actor. Um, and I, I think like the thing that I want to say and maybe just get your, get your thoughts about is like, for some people that would be insane, but like the way that you're kind of describing the context, you were, it wasn't out of nowhere. Like you were ex exploring and experimenting and, you know, you kind of know yourself. You tried all of these things. Um, yeah. What led me to that decision in hindsight was that I suddenly realized that I had already been acting. Right. I'd been pretending to be sure. all You're these You're already an actor. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. Um, yeah. And I, I think maybe like, you know, part, there's so many reasons I, I'm a broken record. I say this all the time, but there are a lot of reasons why I feel like these conversations are interesting to me. And one of them is that I just perceive so much misunderstanding from like, you know, non-professional artists about what it is that we're doing, how we got there. And, you know, I think a lot of people think that it's, it's the opposite way where you kind of go like, I'm going to be an actor with no context. And then like something just happens. Um, which is of course not at all the truth. Absolutely. We all have different stories, but like, I think like something that's, you know, unless maybe you have parents that are artists and you kind of really do grow up like doing the thing that you just keep doing, you know, you're like arrival at this point of like, I'm going to do art. It's, it's not like a, it's not like an out of nowhere decision. Do you think that's true? It's, I mean, it's, it's the quilted pattern of your life that, yeah. that I think leads you there. And there are, you know, like for instance, my parents are amazing. Like they were the most supportive parents on the planet. Um, but were probably worried about me at that time. Yeah. You know, he's getting close to graduating. He still can't figure it out. Um, and I was so scared to make that call. Yeah. Cause that was well, the first scary. That was the first call I made. Um, there's Southern parents that have amazing values and, mm. um, but also, you know, they live in their bubble yeah. and I don't know, I, I didn't necessarily grow up in an artistic yeah. family. Like, uh, in hindsight, uh, you know, you said it earlier that there, it is our life's artistic yeah. in and of itself. And, and certainly that was going you were on living your life that way. It just wasn't right in the rooms and on the, in the venues that people would call art. Exactly. It didn't fit the ideals. Right. Yeah. Um, but my parents have always been supportive and I should have expected this and I didn't, I was terrified of it. Mm. They were the first call I made and I said, here's what I just did. I quit my job and I'm going to be an actor. And there was silence for a few seconds and they were both on the phone. This is old school. Mm. This is when you had landlines, landlines and mom's upstairs, dad's downstairs. And it was my dad who said at first, he goes, it's about damn time. Oh my gosh. And that I could cry right now thinking about, because that was like, and I, and I remember being like, why didn't you tell me before? And he yeah. was like, it's not for me to tell wow, you what to do. That's amazing. They knew. They knew. And they said that they had known for a long time. How do you think they knew? I mean, we've talked about it a bit, but is there something, is there a part of the story that's, that's being they, left yeah, out? They have their story. Yeah. Okay. And their story <laughs> is, um, uh, you know, based around a lot of home videos Oh, I Every see. time they you pulled the camera, I was home. always playing a part. Yeah. I was always wanting to put on a show. I was always, you know, I would put in a lot of work to set things up and then ask yeah. my parents to come shoot it. And I didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. I'm probably projecting on your experience a little bit, but I wonder if your parents like 
could perceive that you maybe were like a little like scared or sensitive about it and maybe you know they they wanted you to kind of land there on your own a hundred percent and also um i think it wasn't their wheelhouse yeah they wanted me to know how to talk about it with you so they didn't know how to help me sure and to this day that's one of the things i you know i think about a lot and hopefully i touch on and remind them occasionally is that they don't need to worry about helping me yeah like they've done like they're 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 the reason i'm where i'm at that's an amazing story I mean, I feel like I could get like teared up about that. <laughs> and and I mean, and, oh man, the phone calls when I finally did make the move to LA and it, they just wanted to help me so bad. And yeah. they would say, I just wish there was some way I could help you. And I'm like, you are, you already yeah, have. Like, that's support. That's yeah, everything. That's yeah. amazing. Um, one thing I do think is unique though. You said earlier, I think like an exact quote, you were like, Step one, make the decision, which I think is not normally step one. I think normally people like get a lot of experience in the thing and then they're like, can I do this? Uh, So I I do think that's kind of unique. Yeah, I I think it. I hear that you were doing it anyway. The reason I say it at the time was, you know, it was it was at that phase of life where you're about to graduate college and everyone around you, um, they're interviewing with companies and they're, you know, they're getting their first job and their career trajectory is starting. And so that was my step one was kind of almost like going back in time and saying I'm majoring and being an actor. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to explore it and see if I can actually do yeah. this because I didn't know explored if I all around the thing. Exactly. And so you made the decision by like exclusion. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and the reason I say step one, two, is it correlates to, um, my approach and philosophy to the work. Now, step one is saying I am. Okay. Yeah. What do you like, mean? I am like, Oh, you know, when you get, uh, when you get a character, mm, um, I see what you're saying. Like just accepting it, accepting it. Yeah. Just like we were all, we were all assigned given names. You know, we didn't choose our names, mm-hmm. yeah. but there are names and yeah. we just accept it. I am Brandon. Right? Yeah. And so same thing. Uh, I am now blank. And, yeah. um, and then step two is I must, I am okay. and I must. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. And then I think like the third thing that I wanted to kind of like touch on from what you said, or, or just, I don't know, maybe like point out to like the listeners is that when you made that decision, timing was right. And you had this amazing opportunity. Um, not that you wouldn't have figured it out, but, um, you know, if, if the Lauren Michaels thing hadn't been happening, but I think so many of us have those stories of timing and, you know, I think probably like timing is one thing, but also like there are opportunities around if you're looking and, and I'm a big believer and that it's always there. Yeah. It's just the clarity of keeping your head up and feel, sure. fielding the opportunities, uh, choosing to see them as opportunities. Um, yeah, I think and, that's yeah. a big one. Like, yeah. And, and, and look, and that, that worked out the way that it worked out to really put me in an immersive situation yeah. to really, say, Hey, can I do this? Yeah. You fast tracked your skill development. But when I look back at it and when I think back on it, there were a lot of people telling me not to do it Mm. a lot. Mm. And I wasn't good. I mean, I jumped right in 
and I wasn't good. People were telling you not to because they didn't think you were ready or because they thought you'd get pigeonholed or something? Well, first of all, I sound like this. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they actually had to rewrite the script from a character because I couldn't, I couldn't play an East Coast accent. Mm. And, um, and they just saw this kid who was so excited and curious and literally like a young man who was like a kid. Yeah. And I remember some of the professors were, they were worried about me. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to move to LA after this. And the, t- the, the film professors, yeah. not your marketing people. Yes. Okay, that's yes, what I was wondering. Yes, yes. Like, sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, and, and it was a few people along the way that just kind of came up, put their hand on my shoulder and said, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think like as a teacher, it's so important to remember that, you know, you, you want to be like realistic with your students, but like, you also have to remember that everybody is different and sometimes your students, you know, will surprise you and will like take a path that you're like, oh my gosh, you're doing that. Um, I think it's probably, it's a really fine line to like try to give your students like honest advice and also be like, but you know, weigh the risks, weigh the pros and cons and make a decision. And the other thing too is, um, the human response to it is really a fascinating thing. You mean to like doubt? Yeah. Like, like sometimes it's the, your biggest resistance is your closest circle. Um, because, change is tough, not just on you, but on everyone around you. Yeah, it's that like crab bucket thing. Crab, exactly, exactly. Um, And what I've learned is it's not people trying to deteriorate your dream or um, not believing in you. What it is, I believe, is you're showing them their potential Mm -hmm. to take a risk. Yeah. And to do something that maybe they're not doing. Yeah. You're kind of showing yesterday. (laughs) You're kind of showing them themselves. Yeah. And if they're not ready for it, then I think a lot of times what you get back is that, well, who are you to think you can do that? Yeah. Who do you think you are? As opposed to that's awesome. Go do it, man. I think you're right. I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm totally a broken record about this. I feel like I say it every couple days, but I think that's the reason why so many people are so kind of judgmental and like skeptical about the arts in order to like have room in your mind to think that like your son could do it or your friend or your spouse or whatever. You maybe also have to consider that you could have or that you might or, you know, I think there's something it's that same thing. Like you can open those pathways or you can get small. Yeah. And I think and I think we as artists are also partially to blame for that because we have somehow made art and creativity um, and the perception around it precious. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden it's precious, like to be an actor, to be an artist, to be a musician, to be a painter. It's like, oh man, you're special. Yeah. No, you're you're just as special as anyone else and they're just as special as you. I totally agree. Yeah. You try to, you try to pack we sometimes try to package art as like this deep mystery, probably out of some fear or insecurity or scarcity mentality or something. But yeah, it's just, it's one foot in front of the other. It's like one choice at a time. It's all these little things. And there's, there's very little that's mysterious about it. Exactly. And, 
it just is it's and it's it's not work life balance it's work life integration mm-hmm. it really does work on you as a person and your life yeah. works on the process and the art itself as well so everyone's doing it everyone's in it in my yeah. opinion um well, and the those things of us, that are mysterious about it are just those human things yeah and i think the mysteriousness that we're talking about is this process because the process is the process it's not yeah. an answer we're talking about living the questions and we're talking about asking the questions, but being okay with not getting an answer. Mm-hmm. And so it's not product oriented, whereas a lot of other things in life yeah. seem to be product oriented. Yeah. And um, I mean, if you think about it as an actor, especially as a film actor, you're just a small piece yeah. of the puzzle and you're there to be of service. The end product is not what it's about yeah. for you. Yeah. It's a director's medium. Yeah. And, um, and you're just there to be of service. Yeah. And when you uh, awaken to that professionally, um, I correlate it not to other actors who are professionals, but to other professionals, period. Yeah. Like I don't see neurosurgeons posting, hey, I had an interview with a potential patient today. Hope I get the gig. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that to me is like we're making it, we're trying... It, we, the artists ourselves, are making it more precious and more special yeah. than it really is. It's it's just as special as anything else. Do you think that that happens because, I mean, with that particular scenario, I'm thinking we don't have this infrastructure that like a hospital has. And so I think some of that is like, you know, scarcity. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think there are things about our art professions that really are kind of uniquely tricky. Um, There are things about them that are really just very normal. Um, But I wonder if some of that happens because there's such a, a lack of like a pathway or a lack of a pattern that we, we maybe sometimes like overlay like some bigger meaning to help us just like get through it. And I think it, it coincides with, the part-timeness of being an actor and not the full-timeness of it being a job. The full-timeness of it being a job is the self-efficacy of sure. applying infrastructure. Yeah, We don't have infrastructure only if we believe we don't have infrastructure. I agree. There is infrastructure. Yeah. You just, I mean, we are emotional athletes. All you have to do is look at professional athletes there's like imp- my dog bear. <laughs> they they are allowed to be athletes, yeah. but there is a strong infrastructure around them to hold them accountable to showing up, strength and conditioning, practice, watching tape. There's coaches. Like there is a whole infrastructure around it. And if they don't sh- show up, they get fined. They get let go. They get fired. Yeah. They're out of a job. Yeah. So we have to find that and create that. And when you do, yeah. when you do, you don't need affirmation. I agree with you. I think maybe just, you know, the, the, the fact, the difference is that that infrastructure, you have to make it. Exactly. It's not easy to see. No, um, it's not. It's definitely as abstract as the process is yeah. in and of itself. And it's pretty individual. Yeah. But it, but it, but it is found, um, the self-efficacy part of it is the commitment, is the discipline, yeah. is the accountability but it's found in community. Yeah. 
Like it's, yes. it's a collective accountability, a collective, yeah. um, your victory is my victory. Yeah, um, absolutely. Approach to it. And it's a supportive thing as opposed to a competitive thing. And the affirmation thing that we were talking about, that lead, that lends itself more to a competitive thing or a, hey, look at me. I I am an actor. Yeah. Accept it. Yeah. But no one needs to accept it except for you. Yeah. And once you do, once you really accept that, then you'll move mountains to find that infrastructure and that discipline. Yeah. And And what you find is all that affirmation that you were looking for is already internally there. Yeah. And you're going to find it through your commitment to the work, to the craft, to the discipline yeah. and showing up every day when people aren't looking just like a neurosurgeon does. Yeah. That's really true. That's really true. Um, okay. I would love again, bullet points between the Lauren Michaels thing and like just what are like the big things, big projects so here, you're doing between then and like, I don't know, the last 10 years or so. So the Lauren Michelson sounds great, right? 13 episodes, boom, boom, boom. Moved to LA. Let's get to work. You moved to LA right after that? Right after that. Okay. I graduated within a month. I'm in LA. And are you married yet? Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, and then, and then it came. What then came? comes the struggle. Ah. The years. Yes. The, the acting classes, the jobs, the part-time jobs, the doubt, the disappointment, um, not meeting my own expectations, uh, my ideal of what it was to be an actor versus just being an actor. Sure. Uh, craft versus hustle. Yeah. Networking versus Connection. just do the work. Yeah. Right? That's in my intro of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, anyway. it, you know, it's, it is a relationship oriented business. I agree yeah. with that, but let's get rid of this word hustle because so many people misinterpret it. I'm not down with the word hustle because it's not about networking and being popular. Yeah. That's why a lot of actors end up LA because they are popular yeah. and they expect it and they get there and they don't have a craft. Yeah. They don't have a discipline. Absolutely. Well, you know, Except that we all know people who are really shallow and who are just hustling, who are successful. Sure. So, you know, yeah. But even I they have potential to grow. And that's what I love to see is the, yeah. the, the, you know, the potential in everyone. Yeah. Right. I just think, I think it's important not to go like black or white on either side. Cause like the, the thing that's, if there's anything that's kind of like, you know, can be a little heartbreaking about these, these things that we're doing is I think that like, it's really not cut and dry. Like you can focus so much on your craft and that means a lot to you. And then someone else is getting the thing that, yeah, you know, I mean, look, it's is, not is there, it's is like there a, hustle involved? Sure. Is there networking involved? Sure. But it means nothing if you don't have anything to back it up with. It means not, I mean, I'm telling you right now, the most important thing is the work and being committed to the work. And in that, through that process, you find the confidence and you awaken to the more holistic networking involved, sure. not the agenda oriented networking, Absolutely. which I don't have patience for. Well, it's like you were saying before, um, you know, 
what's what's good for one artist is good for all artists and it's a group like that's why I feel like connection is that thing is important like seeing like the vision of other people that you're working with yeah the community seeing their the skills that they have that you don't have and thinking like how can we support each other how can we work together what can we create together um as always, long as it's about we and not me yeah and always like I think if there's a hustle it's like maybe thinking about like what am I not, what have I not tried yet? Like what skills have I not worked on yet? What else is kind of like in my wheelhouse that I'm not applying to my work? Um, I think, I think for me, like that word hustle is about like, it's me like looking at my own like list or, you know, like kind of thinking like, all right, what other angle, like, what can I do? Um, yeah. And I love that word. Like where, like when you think of the word hustle, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? I don't know. Like, maybe just like picturing someone like just add like a NACA or something like pitching their thing. Hi, my name is so-and-so. million so. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How yeah. can you help me? <laughs> Look, uh, hustle, uh, that's a word I heard growing up a lot, but I heard it in sports. Hmm. Huge, huge correlation to what we do. Mm. Come on, hustle, hustle. Yeah. It was always when you were about to give up. Yeah, it's about like they, your kind of internal motivation. Yeah, like find... That's what I think that word means. And that, that I can subscribe to. Yeah. And that that type of hustle, absolutely. Like what Your can, drive. Yeah, what can you be doing more to grow yeah. and um, not plateau? Yeah, and your not kind and, of personal scheming. Yeah, and not, yeah. And not think that you got it yeah. all figured. Because you don't ever figure this out. Oh, I mean... If for no other reason, then the world is always changing. Like if, if there's, if, I mean, I think there are multiple reasons why you never have it figured out, but you know, our mediums are always changing. Our platforms are always changing. The culture is changing. The kinds of things people are interested are changing. And if you're not in like kind of the practice of like, you know, changing, (laughs) doing that hustle, that like internal hustle, you're going to miss it. It will miss you. I was given a quote yesterday by a very wise man who said, no man steps in a river twice. Isn't that from Pocahontas? Gabe, is that from Pocahontas? (laughs) It was probably from Pocahontas. Only thing about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. How about that? always changing, always flowing. <laughs> and that correlation, what we were talking about natively yesterday. Um, yeah, the the water in and of itself has changed. Yeah. And the man in and of himself has changed. Yeah. And that is revelatory. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that is, it's as much a commitment to change mm-hmm. and progress and evolution as it is anything. Yeah. I was having a conversation with my dad about this recently and, you know, he he was talking about like, this is maybe something that's kind of just my family uses the word peace. Like we need to find peace. You've got to have peace. And I just feel like I'm calling bullshit on it. Peace is not my goal because I think if you feel like you're in peace, it means that like you've got yourself in this tight bubble and you're not responding to everything's moving around you. I feel like content where you are. I feel like my, my like, version of that kind of a, a a principle is like, you know, you can feel centered like in all that change and in all that chaos and having like some principles or some skills that are going to like move with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, geez, peace is like 
that's not a thing in yeah, our world. I call bullshit on that too. It's, I mean, if there's any peace involved, it's coming to terms with, or being at peace with that chaos and being comfortable, yeah. being uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's just, that's what we've signed up for mm-hmm. is to step into uncertainty, yeah. the unknown and, and learn through experience and through, um, hard work. Yeah. To, to get comfortable being uncomfortable, fight yeah. or flight. Absolutely. Heightened state, character. So how many years of struggle were you having before? I mean, it's, it's always a struggle, but how many years before you were kind of like making your, like all of your dollars or most of your dollars <laughs> in the arts? You know, it's, uh, it's relative. Like I still, it's still a struggle, um, but a beautiful struggle. Yeah. Like one that I, I love the struggle as much as anything now. Um, but yeah, yeah, it took me a few years to really kind of even land uh, in a community or a tribe uh, where I could really get to work. And then, um, you know, a few a few little gigs here and there. And then um, I want to say like my first paying gig was a Disney movie called Shaggy Dog. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then I did right after that Mr. Brooks. And then I did a like a lifetime movie based on a true story called the staircase murders. I, yeah. I and, really uh, like true crime. Yeah. And that's actually a fascinating <laughs> story. Um, and then there was one other one right there. It was like shaggy dog, Mr. Brooks. Shaggy dog was a remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen yeah. the old one and I was like aware of the new one coming out, but I didn't see. And it. those were trials and tribulations in and of themselves. I mean, I got a, my first gig was a big Disney movie yeah. and I had a scene I was written in my first movie. I was written in. It wasn't even the script. And it was a scene with Robert Downey Jr. And Philip Baker Hall. That was my first paid acting gig on camera. And it was euphoric. It was amazing. It was so much fun. And I told everyone about it. Everyone goes to the movie and it Mm -hmm. got cut. Oh no. It wasn't in the movie. (laughs) And man, did I learn a lesson. Yeah. Well, and also like, I think it's really tempting to think that those first things are like, well, now I've done it. And then, oh man, it's just not how it is. Exactly. And so then, and then, you know, it was a lot of work. Um, it was, it was a lot of no work for years and then a lot of work. And then it was like, okay, uh, you know, I've quote unquote, at least for that time period thought that I've made it to that next level of work only to quickly realize the ebb and flow of the business. And, um, and it was very quickly after doing a few big projects that I went like two years of nothing. Yeah. And that was a struggle. Yeah. But in hindsight, necessary for growth and figuring things out. And, um, and then again, uh, you know, a few movies and same thing. And then, um, and then somewhere along the way I had gotten, uh, a recurring role in NCIS and it was being um, turned into a spinoff show. So they introduced myself and Jamie Lee Curtis and they had intentions to make our own show. Okay. Uh, Sean Astin, someone else was involved. And, uh, and then there was a, a some type of lawsuit, um, the creator of JAG cause NCIS is a spinoff of JAG and the creator, um, was going to sue them because they weren't allowed to do okay, it. Yeah, so that's infringement. And, and that's why ladies and gentlemen, we have NCIS new Orleans because when <laughs> our show got canceled, you got NCIS new Orleans. So you're welcome. 
Great. That's and very I exciting. Cried a lot. <laughs> a lot. How old were you? I was in my twenties. Um I was probably like twenty five or twenty six somewhere there. Okay. So fast yeah. forward, how old are you when like like and again, I understand that it's always kind of up and down, but how how old were you when you kind of felt like things were stable enough that like you were working, you've been working? Um, so around the time I met my wife, I was pretty busy. Uh, we were dating, we got married, um, and I was, I was pretty busy. I was, you know, a full-time actor in LA, um, or busy enough yeah. uh, to get by. Sure. And then, uh, and then we had our first child. So our how, son. how old were you around that time? I was in my early thirties. Okay. So you spent like a, about a decade probably like yeah. kind of in that, like just keep you're, you're going. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and in that decade, um, booking things, big things and yeah. those things either being canceled, canceled or cut. cut. Um, there was a big movie, oh man, um, my parents were in town when this happened actually, and they were so excited. And, uh, it, I was, I was doing the, the waiting tables thing at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I'd had a little bit of work and then I'd been in a position where I hadn't had work. And so I was back to doing the gig and, uh, and then I got an offer to star in a movie opposite John Boyd and we were going to go to London for 12 weeks and, uh, I quit my job. Yeah. And we had the table read and the wardrobe fitting and all this stuff. And then it started getting, I'd already quit my job by the way. Yeah. And I got my passport ready and like all this stuff. And then they start moving the dates, like the table read and the wardrobe fitting started moving like mm. to tomorrow instead of today. And then two days, three, I'm like, what's oh, going on? What's yeah. going on? And then like a week later, yeah, we're not going to make that movie. Oh no. And they were like, they had optioned the rights to Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Mm. So they decided to put their money into, into that. Oh, wow. And, and so there I am, yeah. you know, going, I just quit my job. What the hell yeah. am I going to do? Um, and that was, that was kind of a rude awakening. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah. And, and that was in that decade. But then when we were married and I had, we had our son, uh, things started to get pretty real yeah. in Los Angeles. And, um, uh, you know, our expenses were increasing, uh, and work was there, but, um, it's something I was work, I was full-time actor at this point, but something started to change. Mm. Uh, I was, I remember making the decision to, to leave LA because my wife was pregnant with our second and I, it, and it was because we just, we just didn't want to raise yeah. our family there. And, um, I remember making the decision and at the time was the busiest my career's ever been. Wow. And again, another time in your life where everyone around you is going, are you insane? Like you're crazy. Yeah. Hmm. To and move. Yeah. To move. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and it just felt yeah. Right. It no matter what anyone said, it, it's not a logical thing. It was a feeling. Yeah. And um and so really we we, we moved kind of expecting things to get much more difficult mm-hmm. and maybe um 
maybe not work as much as I've been working. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way it worked out has been the exact opposite. Wow. So I've That's actually great. been working even more and, you know, keeping up with where I was when, yeah. I, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's a testament, I think, uh, not to me individually, but to, to anyone out there that you don't, there, there are no rules. Yes. <laughs> um, where you live doesn't define you. Yeah. It's just home base. Yeah. And especially now that media is so global yeah. and it's the internet and, you know, yeah. And now it feels like a job. Yeah. Now I leave to go to work. Yeah. And I'll leave town to go to work and then come back and, and that's a job. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, as opposed to, um, and just my experience of it, uh, being conflicted with the family experience of what I was going through, which was new and beautiful and amazing but the immersive environment that LA can be, yeah, which goes back to that hustle. There's so much hustle and so yeah. much networking. And I was, I had just run out of yeah. steam with that. Well, some of that hustle is just like, yeah, not giving up, you know? And I think that's really something that I think a lot of artists deal with in like their thirties, you know, it's like you have all this energy in your twenties and you're like gaining all your skills. And then, you know, it's exhausting to kind of keep, you know, keep moving when like there isn't, there's never a place where like it balance, it evens out. Yeah. And, and being in your 20s, it's fun. And, and that's the best and time to fail. your back doesn't hurt. And your back doesn't, like that is the <laughs> best time to just use all that. I mean, you have less responsibility. Yeah. And you have... Um, you literally more energy. You literally have more and more energy biologically. You have more collagen. Yeah. And you bounce back quicker. You know, you, you can operate on less sleep. I mean, it's yeah. just, well, I say that now I have kids. I don't sleep at all. But yeah. point is, that's what, that's what it was there for. Yeah. And, and, and there is something like, yeah, like you don't have the energy for it, but there's also kind of an awakening. It's kind of beautiful. Um, to really open your eyes and just see what's important yeah, and only focus on that. You start to become efficient. Yeah. You start to say, I think that's true. It's about the work. It's about family. It's about, you know, and it's all integrated. Yeah. Right? You can't afford as much like you, you have to be more selective about the types of exploration that you, that you choose. Yeah. And hopefully, um, and, you know, not hopefully, I think it's, it's realistically for everyone. It just, just looks different. Um, risk just becomes something different. It's not, yeah. it's not the same thing that it was in your twenties where you can take risks and fall and get right back yeah. up and bounce back. It's just different. It's you still like, I still take risks all the time. I'm constantly experimenting. I'm constantly failing. Yeah. And uh, that's and the hustle. That's the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just efficient with it now. I just yeah. don't waste my time. Right. You kind of yeah. go like, maybe this will work. And then you're like, nope, not working. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Streamline things. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you ever deal with like, you know, people saying like, and I don't mean other artists, but you know, like you're so lucky or like anything uh -huh. like that. And, and if so, like, do you have thoughts about it? Uh, I mean, yeah, 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 I've had, I've been, people have said something akin to that, but, um, 
I think the thing that I really like I wonder is like, like I said, I feel like there's such a, um, you know, a misperception about what our careers are like again. Yeah. Um, and I think that just, is there, is there anything else that you, you wish you could kind of just say like about, Oh man, kind of what this is. We really need to do a part two. Yeah. Um, look, there's in response to that question in the follow-up, I think, you know, like a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, you can do that because of where you're at in your career mm. or yeah, you can uh, say that or do that or approach it that way. And, um, and I understand yeah. where that's coming from, but I'm also sharing that to say, no, you can do that too, where you're at. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Oh yeah. Um, luck is a funny word. Yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of luck involved in hard work. There's yes. that's just payoff. Yeah. And I there mean, there's timing. Yeah. And there is there serendipitous um circumstances yeah. that happen absolutely. Yeah. Um can the word luck or lucky be used at times? Absolutely. But it takes so many more, but it takes, and here's the thing, the lucky thing signifies this kind of nonverbal agreement that you individually are lucky, but you individually with anything in this career would not be where you are without an army of people making that that happen. Outliers thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I think if there's like a caveat to that or like if there's, you know, just something that I sometimes have to remind myself and think about is like, you know, for example, something that's lucky is like someone's parents have extra money and can put them in the best classes or someone, you know, you live in a place where you get to start building these skills much younger. And I feel like we can look at that and go like, all right, well, that's a finish line that like, you know, this other person may never catch up to, but it's a false premise to think that like, that is like the line, you know, like we just go around and like, you know, you just, and it also opens up an entire mentality of thinking. Like when you say that someone's lucky, they had money, et cetera. Yeah. What you're saying is it's unfair. Right. And I think and there's all you're nothing saying is, fair about this. There's sure. nothing fair about life. There's nothing yeah. fair in the business, the entertainment right. business. There's nothing fair. Yeah. Um, so well, I think that's that same reason why I'm always wary to like say things kind of blanket. Like, you know, if you're the kind of person who's like a little manipulative and you're hustling people instead of hustling yourself, you know, that's not going to pay off for you. No, you'll get hustled I in think, the end. Like sometimes you know, it just, it just isn't like, none of those are, are real premises. Um, things happen that aren't there. People get, you know, success who you think like haven't earned it or haven't whatever, but then it's like, it's just not, it's not linear, you know, like those people have other things that are going to like happen and it might not be money and it might not be the gigs, but it might be, they don't have the, the like true kind of connections that you have. They maybe like, they're not, happy in the same way. And just the comparison game is so like, and it's, and it, it doesn't and it's sense. an illusory yeah. ideal yeah. that, um, that really is predicated in fear. 
Absolutely. It's, it's rationalization and justification for you not busting your ass. Yeah. Because because or, the, you're, what you're doing is you're comparing. And there's no need to compare to yeah. anyone else because everyone's yeah. life circumstances are so different. Um, I, it really comes back to the philosophy, which takes as much work as the craft of acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mentality around just share in everyone's yeah. victory and support everyone as best you can. And if they're not good for you, cut it. Like if it's yeah. not creating value for you, get yeah. rid of it. Yeah, You don't need it. Yeah. Um, and if it is, be support, be supportive. Don't be competitive. Don't be envious. Yeah. Share. Everyone gets to shine. Everyone yeah. gets to shine or at least gets the opportunity to shine. And, um, and if you approach it with that philosophy, when they do, you shine too. Absolutely. You feel it. And it's all a feeling. It's energy, right? And it's um, it's an energetic uh, collective experience if you subscribe to it. Yeah. Placebo effect or not, I don't care. Yeah. Like it works. Yeah. <laughs> it works yeah. for me. Yeah. And and I've and I've seen it work for other people. Um, it's just a commitment. It's a yeah. commitment to challenging your own perspectives. Yeah. And challenging your own narrow-mindedness because we are all narrow-minded. Yeah. Every single one of us are biased. Well, and yeah, it's just what we do with it. You're narrow-minded because you only have your perspective, which is the blessing and the curse. Exactly, yeah. but you're not limited to that. Yeah. Because you have imagination. Right. And imagination allows you to think and experience right. and feel alternatively. And when you do that alternatively, you awaken to perspective anew yeah and that comes back to you so now you start to see the world just a little bit Mm -hmm. more yeah and and what what does that do does that mean that you become superhuman no it means you learn to understand and accept people for who they are how they are yeah no matter what and and that ultimately then comes back to the craft of acting which is to understand and accept all humans who are being so as to show people themselves to awaken them to themselves so that they can step yeah. into their potential. That's always what I tell my students. I don't teach acting per se, but I teach, you know, musical storytelling, I teach singing. Um, and I always say like, you know, acting is empathy. It's just like, it's the only thing you it's just, the best word to use for it. Absolutely. Yeah, if you can, you know, and I don't need to say this to you, but I always think of it like, you know, if you're watching something and you're crying or you're scared, those feelings are real, even though the situation isn't real. Um, the snake or the rope. And you're you doing in- it the opposite direction when you're the person who's creating the thing. Um, you're just you're just summoning a real feeling in a in and out of context. Absolutely. That's, and it's in the it's process of it is confusing. Yeah. And but it doesn't matter because it's not for you. Yeah. It's not for you. It's, it's for yeah. other. And, and what I said a second ago, what you reminded me of is, is the snake in the rope. If you look in the corner of the room and you see a snake and you freak out and you have a, a physical, yeah. biological and emotional response of yeah. terror, of fear to that snake in your room. Mm. And then you turn on the light and it's a rope. It was still a snake. It was still a snake. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? You yeah. still experienced what yeah. you experienced and it, and it doesn't take away from it. Yeah. It just, it just is a reality shift, which is yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, empathy is so important and we're all born with it. Every single one of us are born with it, but it is something that has to be practiced yeah. and it's something that 
you have to challenge yourself and others with, and it's not to be confused with sympathy or yeah. judgment. Well, I think I was talking about this with another, another person I interviewed. Empathy is very creative to be able to look at someone else and think like, well, I would never do that. Why would you, you know, and to kind of think creatively about like, what's your motivation? What could your context be? Um, and I think that's like a very useful skill to apply, like no matter where, what you're doing. In your and life. that's, and that's what changed my life in the course of my life and my career forever is when I met my mentor and my savior, um, who's an acting coach in LA, her name's Diana Castle. And she runs, um, in my opinion, the greatest acting collective tribe of people that Wow. around yeah. and it's called the imagine life and it's mm -hmm. all based on empathetic imagination cool alternative perspective building and um that sounds really interesting and she literally it she was able to articulate everything i felt and everything i knew wow but nothing i was able to say and it all of a sudden was like i was like that's truth yeah. that's real wow and 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 in empathy and she said this, and I say it every day ad nauseum, two ears to one tongue. God gave us two ears mm. and one tongue. We need to listen twice as much as we yeah. speak. And when you do that, you start to step into you empathy. kind of learn. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's great. Um, you do production now and directing? I direct. Yeah, yeah. I direct. Um, do you want to talk about that? Like, Or, or you know, maybe just... What else are you doing besides acting? So I, I would not say I'm a director. You're mostly acting. I'm an actor. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. That's what I am. Um, but occasionally, um, I, I will step behind the camera okay. and challenge myself to tell a story and apply what I've learned as an actor um, to the overall piece of mm -hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a really amazing experience for me to then get to work with actors, um, from the other side of it. Yeah. And I, I co-directed a film, my first short film that we sold to comedy central years ago. And then I directed something I sold to Warner brothers. Um, and then I started, I had a production company in LA at the time and we started getting pretty busy. We were doing work with Red Bull and Adidas and, but kind of moving on in that director production lane. Yeah, yeah. And, and when my son was born, another impulsive, but, but gut feeling, I yeah. just pulled the plug on it and mm -hmm. said, no, this is, you know, I got to get back to what I know sure. I want to do. Um, but since then, yeah, there's been a few occasions where something's come up and, uh, and I've stepped into yeah. that, dir that directing position. Uh, and that, that to me is just, the most collaborative experiential, yeah. um, thing. I, I wouldn't say that I'm especially, um, good at it, but, uh, but it's something that, uh, I've learned a lot from yeah. and, and, and the projects themselves that I've done have turned out very well and have done well. Um, but not because I'm a good director, but mm. because of the team that I assembled, I'm just, I just understand that if you want to do something, you got to surround yourself with people that are yeah. better and smarter absolutely, and more specialized than you are. And specializations, mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And I would say that to anyone, especially with acting is like, be specialized, like yeah. be an act. I am, 
you know, be yeah. an actor and mm-hmm. be specialized. And, you know, that's why I can't say I'm a director, but, but yeah, but I, I do, do dabble. I feel like yeah. it's something that like, I, I think the reason that I'm wondering is I'm wondering if that's something that as you're kind of like looking in the future and having that same yeah, hustle yeah. feeling oh, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is something I could do. This is something I could Absolutely. do more of. Absolutely. Cool. Um, it just, you know, the more you do this, the less it becomes about you and the more it becomes about yeah. other. And, um, you know, when you're, if you're put in a position where you can then put other people in a position to exercise their specialty yeah, and to express themselves, be it crew or cast, um, I would be doing people a disservice not to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's always fear-based. Um, but I do it not for myself yeah. to be like, I'm a director. I do it just because I feel like I have to. It's a project because there are projects you want to make and you want to be involved. Yeah, in. yeah, 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 totally. And, um, yeah. And so there are, there are things that I'm sure I will, I will, go on to direct and and maybe it's something I would do more of, but, but it's not, I don't see it, um, disconnected from, from the acting. Like I would say I approach it very, very, very similar to how I approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I just, you know, maybe want to talk about one more thing, which is, you know, um, I think maybe, acting seems like the most confident at performing, you know, performing is a very confident choice to make, but I assume that we all have all kinds of fear and inadequacy. And, um, I just wonder if there's anything you kind of want to say about like, you know, I, I have sort of a belief that we have like the person that we are at like this very core way. We have the person that we show up as in, you know, our different parts of our lives. Um, is there anything that you kind of want to say about like, what are, what are the breakdowns between those things for you? What's like scary about what you do? Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with it? I'm going to say what's, what's popping in right now. And then you can maybe re ask me if I, if I don't address it directly, but well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your mind. (laughs) I think, uh, I think we're all, um, very much dictated by our, our past experiences, our past circumstances yeah. and our future ambitions, our future hopes and dreams and yeah. desires and fantasy. And whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like it or not, you live in your head. We all live in our head. Yeah. And, um, and in doing so, uh, if you're not being of service in some way in life, then you can create or you will create incessant loops that repeat themselves hmm. based on those past experiences in your future yeah. hopes and dreams. You mean like you're trying to learn some kind of a lesson and because you're not learning it, you keep finding yourself in the same or issue or you're refusing to learn the lesson. Yeah. That's what I keeps, mean. Like yeah. It keeps, yeah. It keeps yeah. showing back up. Uh, sure. Or, you know, I think the victim mentality comes from this or the unfairness or the entitlement or the, there's a lot of things that come from it, but it, it essentially has to do, I believe, um, with a lot of people, actors included. And this is something, uh, I think to, to really think about is that instead of looking back on our past selves with empathy, we look back on our past selves with judgment. Yeah. And, and if we do that, 
then we look towards our future selves as if we're never going to reach those expectations. Yeah. So disappointment. Yeah. So when you're judging and you're disappointed in yourself, yeah. then that's what's going to happen with others, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When you learn to understand and accept yourself, your past self. Yeah. It's that like integration, like you're saying. Then you, you can say. the past out. Then you can look back and say, thank you, bro. Yeah. For doing what you did and going yeah. through what you did. Because without you doing that, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. That might be one of the most liberating experiences yeah. ever. Because then, then you step into, well, I am who I am right now in this present moment. And that's great. Yeah. But also consciously aware of the fact that I'm limited. Yeah. I'm limited to who I am right now based on that. However, when this moment's gone and the next moment comes, the present moment of the next second, the next minute, tomorrow, the next week, month, year, whatever. Yeah. As long as I'm continually working and evolving, yeah, then I'm progressing. Does yeah. it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so I think it's a it's it's a bit of being okay with all those things and and um being okay with whatever yeah. uh disappointments or regrets or guilt yeah. or shame or whatever you might have, uh, to the point that you then accept it and say, you know what? Like I love that because I love who I was Yeah, and I accept who I was because without it, I wouldn't be here today and all this stuff wouldn't yeah. happen. When you do that, then you start yeah. doing it with other people and it's, you start seeing it in life. Does this make yeah, sense what I'm absolutely. saying? Absolutely. I think the thing I'm wondering is like, you know, do you feel like you want to make it like more personal? Like, is there something you feel like you don't have figured out? No. Oh, I don't have shit figured yeah, out right like, now. No. What What are the things that are that that plague you? That plague me? You know, or I've maybe I'm just. It's a strong word. Uh, you know, I had someone ask me. They did. Oh man, what was it? Was an interview. It was when I was in L.A. It's a few years before I moved here, and someone said, "Hey, uh, in the interview, they, really random question. They said, what do you think it's going to say on your tombstone?'" Hmm. And do you know what my it's response was? Dates. What was your response? Like my organic response was, he was so close. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think about that sometimes. I'm Mm. like, why did I say, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm so glad I did say that Mm. because then that made me think about it and question that and go, dude, what are you trying to get close to? Like you're here now. Look, I... I don't have anything figured out. I don't have anything mastered. As a matter of fact, I work with actors all the time and I tell them, I'm not teaching you anything. Yeah. Like I'm just sharing with you and I'm stepping in with you, going on the journey with you. Yeah. But there's nothing I'm teaching you. You're doing the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. There's, I mean, there things plague me, but I don't let it paralyze me anymore. If it plague, if it used to plague me, that's maybe that's, the answer is well, I, I don't try and worry. Yeah. But if I find myself worrying, I step into it and I explore it. Yeah. I question it and I say, why am I worrying about you that? You have a skill. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I feel like there's, I feel like one of the kind of misconceptions that people have about all kinds of artists are like, you know, this kind of like, how did you know you could do it? Or like, how do you know you can do it? And like, if we're being honest, the answer is like, we don't. I don't know. Like I'm just kind of doing it. 
Um, but I think sometimes we kind of get in the habit of being like, these are my answers and this is my cope. These are my, and we forget to like talk about the things that like really are like an actual struggle and not a struggle of like, you gotta keep moving, but as a struggle of like, Oh, there's that thing again. Um, there's that lesson that I'm like, you know, so, you know, maybe what you're saying is that the thing that you're doing is when you have those kind of like self doubt or you get, you know, something from your past kind of knocks on the door. Um, you, you, you just go like high again. Yeah. Uh, and you know, exactly. like, le- let's, all right, let's have it out. There's that, that new Spider-Man Spider-Verse, the Spider-Verse uh, not movie. It, but... There's a song called what up danger. Yeah. Like what up danger. Yeah. You like, make that uncomfortable. I always answer your call. Your, your bedmate. It's yeah. And, 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 and in that is the conscious understanding and acceptance, which is not hard. I mean, which is not easy for a lot of people. It's yeah. hard. Uh, myself included. As you grow, as you become more confident, as you do more work, as you have more discipline and you have more self-efficacy, um, as you have more success, there's duality. And the duality is the resistance is always growing as well. Mm. It doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. It actually yeah. amplifies. Yeah. There's, there's duality in, in all things. So the resistance just is just going to grow with you. So you might as well come to terms with it now and develop a relationship with the resistance yeah. in and of itself now, because you're going to have to at some point, yeah. or you're going to let it control you and govern yeah. you, which is something that I think that we all uh, are aspiring yeah. to not have happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so I guess that's, that's the thing is like, yeah, I mean, wherever there's resistance or wherever there's, challenges instead of, um, avoiding it or, uh, letting my ego take over. Yeah. Let's step into it and explore it yeah. and then find the duality when you're up. Remember to look down when you're down, remember to look yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, look out, you know, and look out like it, it's not, it's not your world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's goes back to the opportunities. We were talking about seeing opportunities. Yeah. Well, if your head's down, your head doesn't physically have to be down. But if you're living in your head, yeah, you're not living outwards. And if you're not living outwards, you're not seeing outwards and you're not going to be fielding those opportunities. Yeah. But when you do start doing the work and when you do start gaining that confidence or whatever word you want to yeah. apply there, um, you start to see. Yeah, You start to see more of the world. You start to see people. You start to, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, all these opportunities are here now. No, those opportunities have always been there. Yeah. Now you're just seeing them. And I, and that's, and to me, that's hopeful. That's promising because it means they're always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's maybe changing is you're getting better at kind of when, when, you know, those little buttons get pushed, it doesn't take you as long to kind of deal with them. Yeah. Well, you learn to practice what you preach, right? Yeah. (laughs) Two ears to one tongue. I say that to myself all the time. Take pause. Yeah. Take pause. You know, as an actor, you're there. Like the earliest definition of actor, like this is, I asked so many actors this and you would be surprised at how few know it. It's not he or she who acts or he or she who emotes or express. It's he or she who responds. Mm, interesting. Which means you have to listen so as to respond. It yeah. means, it literally means you're listening. And, um, 
And I think a lot of times when we find ourselves with our buttons pushed, yeah, we're responding in a heightened state. Mm. When, when you're in a heightened state, that's when character is revealed. Character is revealed in yeah. conflict and conflict puts us in a heightened state, heightened state of being, which means you're not thinking, you're just responding. Yeah. But when you are in that heightened state and you're responding, you're responding with your own limited cognitive bias in who you are at that very moment. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Because as long as you're aware of it, you can continually grow. Um, But yeah, but if you take pause and you really think about what they're saying, then um, maybe you can start to understand the situation a little bit differently. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just, I want to know what people's like inner stuff is, you know? Their inner stuff, their inner (laughs) doubts, their inner worries, their inner... I mean, I think... I mean, look, we're all going to die. Like, that's a big one. It's heavy. We're all going to die. Like, that's for sure. Right? And everyone's got beliefs here or there. What's going to happen? No one knows. But we're all going to die. And so what are you going to do? Like that's something that, you know, if, if when I'm talking with people or like you're asking what you're asking yeah. right now, let's, yeah, let's just get right at it. Like, cause yeah. everything, a lot of what we respond to in life or what motivates us in life subconsciously has a lot to do with that. Sure. Our avoidance of it, our not talking yeah. about it. I mean, we're reminded of it every single day when the sun rises and sets, when a flower blooms and dies, like it's around us mm-hmm. everywhere mm. and it's a tough topic. Yeah. But it's going to happen. So get to it. Sure. And what are you going to do in the meantime? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me can, it just depends on the person. It can be daunting and scary or it can be liberating and exciting. Yeah. And I, yeah, I choose a letter. That's great. Um, any projects right now that you're like super pumped about? Anything you want to kind of say about like just what you're working on right now? Uh, yeah. So the last two weeks, um, the most important thing, the most important project is I welcome my new baby daughter, little little gal. And, um, and I have such an amazing wife and such an amazing family that within days of my daughter being born, uh, I worked on three projects in the last two weeks. So, um, uh, two projects here, one in LA and, and my wife just is amazing. She's trooping. She's trooping. That's great. And the kids are trooping. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I am very excited for each of those projects that I just worked on. And again, being in your thirties, not twenties, it wasn't like, I'm going to go have fun. It's like, I'm not wasting time. Yeah. Like this is real life. I got to get back yeah. to my kids yeah. <laughs> and my wife. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure that we're yeah. making the most of our time. Right. Absolutely. So, um, so I'm really excited for how those experiences went. That's um, great. I don't know if I can name them or talk about oh, them. Oh no, no, that's fine. I think I mean more like, you know, like a, like, you know, new skills that you're learning or like, and I even like small things, but it, uh, I, you know, just kind of like, you know, we're, we're like looking back a lot and I'm just thinking like in this moment that you're in, like, is there stuff that you're like, Oh, I'm learning this or like, this is a new thing. So here's kind of where I'm at right now is, um, I've, I've been exploring this for years, but I feel like just recently, like I'm kind of excited to say this. Say it, I can't Like just wait. recently, I feel like I'm actually applying it. I 
will take a moment of pause to look back and reflect and appreciate, yeah. but I don't stay there very long. Mm. Like I've re- I've really finally gotten to a point yeah. where I can say that I'm I'm doing that. Like that's great. I'm staying kind of that like mindful like I'm staying in the present moment. In the present moment. I'm staying that's, in the present moment. That's hard. And that's... I'm moving forward, and and with that comes this crazy like like I haven't talked to anyone really other than um you know, maybe people that I'm sharing with that I'm helping, yeah. uh, like these projects or like it's, yeah. it was what it was. It was in the moment. It was a, an amazing experience yeah. an amazing process, but the way it kind of happened, I didn't have time to think about it. I had mm-hmm. to step right into the mm-hmm. next one yeah, and then right back into a newborn and then right into yeah. my son graduating preschool and right Aww. into, <laughs> you know, the next thing, yeah. the next. And so, um, and that's exciting. That's exciting to be you feel like you've kind of arrived at like a new point of like presence. Yeah. That, that That's it's great. And, and, and the feeling that I'm getting from that, uh, is exciting and loving. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm looking back on things and either reminiscing too long or, um, I don't know if this makes sense, but I'm going to go for it. Like reminiscing or, uh, or missing that experience. Sure. It's like, I appreciate it yeah. for what it was and I was totally present and I gave it my all. trying to go back there. But I'm yeah. not in that moment yeah. anymore. Yeah. And now I'm over here and I love those people and I love those relationships. And this is the yeah. weird thing. Those people are still very much in my life, maybe more so in my life than in the past when I would sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah, Like, absolutely. it's just like, we're all just like, okay, like let's, let's keep moving. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but... I'm excited about yeah. being able to That's great. Uh, be present yeah. with everything. And oh, and the other thing too, and I guess it, it is kind of one and the same, is the ability, the shift. That, what do you mean? I think the not looking back and the being in the present moment and kind of just one foot in front of the other, the mm-hmm. space, yeah. the space of possibility, which is the space between where we are now and where we want to go. Yeah. Like, it's irrational if you don't understand the space between it's irrational to see how did this person get from here to there? Right. Yeah. But the only way to move through it is to take the next most rational step. Sure. So you gotta be in the present moment and just, just keep Keep moving moving. forward. Right. That's great. And that has helped me shift. So shift from being an actor to, to to being a dad, to to being a director, to being a coach, to being, um, a friend, to be, to being, Mm -hmm. uh, a new parent at an elementary school that All my son's hats. Yeah. And the yeah. shift is seamless. That's great. It's seem You can just yeah. go, Hey, uh, because yeah. you're present, you're not thinking about that thing that was happening earlier today or exactly. It's going to happen later today and allowing yeah. yourself or knowing and so allowing yourself to be under yeah. the influence and in the presence of all of it at the same time, yeah. but be in that present moment. I yeah. think that's a great like project, you know, that's yeah. a great like kind of current, like, this is kind of my jam right now. This is like the thing that I'm doing. Like right now, like right now, like coming from the office and just shifting and just being like nothing in the world matters more than this right now, because that's what, does it make sense? Oh, I mean, and I'm not saying this matters more than my children. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm here. So we're going to make the most of it in this present moment. I totally, I think about that a lot. I mean, I I teach. And so I'm like, you know, when I'm with this student, I'm with like a four-year-old and I'm giving them their attention. And then I'm with like a retired 
you know, an, an elderly man. And then I'm like, you know, just what does he need? What do we need right now? And yet that's it. You're saying everything that means it. Like you're basically being of service to everyone in every present moment. And that's, yeah. and that is like, I mean, that's the most selfless way to be selfish or vice versa. Like if you think about it, uh, it's effective, it's effective, it's efficient. it yeah. works on you, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it builds relationships uh-huh. and it fulfills you. It fills you full. Yeah. And, um, and that is, you know, all we got is the time that we got here and that's all we know. And so let's make the most of it and, and hear people and Absolutely. let them know that they are as special as we are and we're as special as them. Yeah. Empathy. Empathy. Okay. Last question. What's your dream collaboration? Dream project? Who's in it? Who's directing? I might've just done it. <laughs> What's the new one? <laughs> Look, I will tell there, there were, there are a lot of people I want to work with. But there's only two people I said I will. Yeah. One was Steven Soderbergh, the director, and I've worked, I've gotten to work with him twice. Cool. And the other was Mark Wahlberg, and I just I just worked with him. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, and it's and it's and it's because, um, the, you know, they're both great at what they do. But the reason I wanted to work with them is they inspire me. Yeah. With their values and their approach, like their work ethic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. and I just. Yeah. Um, the next one, what's my next, my dream collaboration. Yeah. And it can be like, honestly, I'm going to answer this honestly with what I feel is whatever's next. Great. Whatever's next. The dream is is just keep going. Yeah. Whatever's next. Awesome. My favorite role I've ever done is whatever's next. My favorite, you know what I mean? Like whatever's next. Cool. Um, Um, is there anywhere we can like, you want people to like follow you or anything you want people to watch or Instagram. No website. No, I don't need to, they don't need to worry about me. Yeah. (laughs) If they see me out there, you can look on IMDb. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's Brandon, Brandon Ray Olive is my name. If, if you want to find me or reach out, you will. Emily got me. Great. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel that yet. It's not like, it's not like I have somewhere where you're going to go and I'm going to sell you a t-shirt. I don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, sometimes it's nice to just like have a place where people can like, but IMDB is doing it for you. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, yeah. Where your uh, work it, is like in one place, you know, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. I don't, I don't have, have that. I would say, I mean, you know, I got some social media stuff under my name. Um, uh, yeah, but I don't really have anywhere that anyone needs we to go. We can find you. We can find your movies Just and your things. don't worry about finding me. You don't need to find me. And if you do find me, great, because we're about to work. All right. And that's it. I think that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.